0: Hello again and welcome to the Les Represent podcast, the podcast about everything lesbian and lady-loving queer and everything in that spectrum. Today I have a super special guest. I'm so glad she could make time to, to come and talk to us and I'm going to let her introduce herself.
1: Hi, I'm Hilary Skeena, uh, creator, writer, producer of Passage.
0: Um, and yeah, hi everyone. Hello. I'm so glad you could take time. Not only are you creating this web series, but you're also a family woman, as you told me. So how do you balance between your creative life and your family life? Because I I really only have furry babies and I don't understand how people can balance between human <laughs> beings that need like actual, like, uh, like almost all of your energy because like it takes a village, right? <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And that's, and I'm very, very thankful that I have an amazing wife who. Supports me in in doing all this creative stuff. And also, we do get a little creative in sort of when I'm working, whether I wake up like super early at 4 a.m. when they're still, you know, asleep and and coming into the office and working, or late at night when they're, you know, getting ready for bed and they're reading a book. So um, I'm very thankful that we've been able to really balance each other out making sure that I don't necessarily lose time with him, but that also that, um, I can do, you know, creating this web series and, and working on the first season and now working on writing, you know, the second season that she's been supporting me in everything. And that, and that's why I'm able to do
0: it. That's amazing. So like, where do you get one of those, a supportive wife? Exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: I got lucky. We actually met online. Um, when we were both actually dating other people. And so it was kind of funny because we I think just started out getting to know each other through emails and whatnot. And then I think it had been probably like three to four months. And I was like, you know what? Like, let me just take you out on a date. And it ended up being a nine hour first date. Oh my goodness. And I we both kind of <laughs> yeah. We we were literally like sat and talked and we played pool and we ended up shutting down like the pool the pool hall um in our area and so i think we kind of knew this was it so
0: wait you played pool for nine hours well not like just pool
1: we're like we were talking and 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 hanging out but yeah basically
0: okay okay so you stayed in the same bar for nine hours that's like fan fiction material right there nine (laughs) hours like that's the testimony of love right there i can't think of anything i would want to do for nine hours not even the job that pays me
1: for nine hours. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think that's kind of like I think that's was like the first time the fact that we had been talking for a little bit, so it wasn't like a first date where we were like talking, so what's your favorite color? Like what do you do? It wasn't like those normal kind of first date questions. Like we actually got to like have a real conversation about um, life and sort of just dating in general and kind of seeing how our conversation flowed and the fact that it was like all of a sudden nine hours like the 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 lady who had sort of been our server was just like i'm not even gonna make you guys play for pool like they we literally got like most of our stuff like comped which is also awesome that is awesome so it ended up being just yeah i was just like you know what let's just do it and the fact that then like the next day like i couldn't wait to still like text her and check in like that to me was kind of like that's a sign because when you can talk for that long and still want to like wake up and talk to them again like in my mind, that that kind of was the like, yeah, I'm probably gonna spend the rest of my life with this woman.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely get it, cause my wife, I, we're both like kind of introvert, which wow, I know how can how can this be? You talking to Mike <laughs> to like strangers weekly, um, but which is a new development for me. Um, we're we're both the kind of people that we get tired of like talking to people all the time. So, and, and just, like, at the end of the day, we're, like, each other's favorite person. Like, we never get tired of talking to each other. Like, we get to the point that, yeah. sure, we don't really, like, we'll want to make eye contact at one point. <laughs> but, like, we're never at the point where talking to each other is a burden.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's funny because we actually, um, I took a new position a couple years ago for sort of my 9 to 5 job. And now we get to commute in every morning. And I was like, oh, this is going to, like this is totally going to change because what are we going to talk about? Cause we're going to talk for like an hour in the morning and an hour at night and then still have to like go home and do all this stuff. And it actually is made just much closer. Cause I think um, we can sort of talk about some of like the struggles that may might be happening at work and we can sort of talk without the child interrupting us. And so I think it still gives us that sort of one-on-one time without it becoming like, Oh, I don't want to talk to you on the weekend. Cause I already see you every day the um, child so it's kind of cool to like see it <laughs> i'll probably call him padawan that's our nickname because um, we're all star wars fans so
0: that's yeah. nice my mother is a huge 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 star wars fan and i can't talk star wars with her like like it's like i don't know talking science to someone who actually has a science degree it just gets to the point <laughs> where you're just like okay 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 you don't need to tell me Gosh the different actors that played Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, wait a minute, that was, like, two people. That's a bad example. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny when those kind of random things happen. Like, I don't, especially when you're talking, like, a lot of these sci-fi series, and I, I'm a huge sci-fi, sci-fi fan. It's kind of, I mean, passage is kind of case in point. I love taking that sort of, like, the mythology of stuff or the these, like, really big, like, whole new galaxy kind of things and building a story within that. I mean, Star Wars, along with the movies, also have, like, branched off, and now we have the animated series and all these extra things. And so there there are people who can literally name how they're all intertwined and how they all work together. And I'm just like, I got it. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't know all that. I just love the movie so much.
0: Yeah, I... You're right, cause my my mother has like the Ewok movie that was made in like the '80s, and like I talk to like hardcore fans or other people, I guess, and they're just like, "What movie are you talking about?" And I don't I don't want to <laughs> say that my mother's like that level hardcore, but it might be because no one else can tell me about this like Ewok movie. I guess it was like people in the community that- uh, righteously are like, "Wait, no, that's not a part of us." Like I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> it all depends on what you look at, it, cause I know it's when it's it's not. I mean, it's Ewoks, so technically it's a part of the world. However, I wouldn't necessarily call call it part of the Star Wars movie,
0: right? Because it's not about the Skywalkers, or yeah, it's not
1: about Sky- Yeah, it has nothing to do with the yeah, the Empire or anything like that. It's just totally the
0: Ewoks. Oh well, it was a weird movie. I think it gave me nightmares for a while. Was, yeah. <laughs> I, I could understand why. <laughs> it was, like you think cute bears, it should be fine. No, it was it nope. was not fine. <laughs>
1: I remember, yeah, I remember that movie. I'm pretty sure there's probably a cassette of it in my parents'
0: basement. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, because my dad is also a huge sci-fi person, so that's how I kind of got pulled into Star Wars and Star Trek and all that stuff. So I'm pretty sure there's
0: probably a a cassette tape of it somewhere. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's let's get on to your series before we talk more Star Wars. I just make more of a fool of myself (laughs) (laughs) and what I don't know. What is your series about for someone who's never heard of it?
1: Um, yeah, so uh, basically, Passage is centered around uh, Janie Sage and Allie Prater, um, and so she's a queer mom, and she's a, a top paranormal operative for a, a secret division called Kalis uh, within the government, and so basically, Kalis uh, relies on her special capabilities to handle the different um, situations which can come arise from sort of interacting with paranormal entities, and so that's kind of spirits and ghosts and whatnot, um, so Allie is basically trying to balance her professional and personal life. Um, and that's uh, she's kind of able to do it until she starts to unravel a thread that sort of opens um, a lot of different things that kind of come at her. And so that's kind of what the, what the first season is about.
0: Sounds like that reflects a little bit on your, on your personal life, just like just a smidge, just the whole trying to balance your professional life and then your family life.
1: Yeah, a little. It's honestly the the main reason why this sort of fit. What I wanted to do with this was kind of put a queer mom at the center of sort of this, you know, sci-fi world, which we don't ever see a lot of. You know, a lot of times a family uh, is centered around a drama or something like that, or it's a found family, and so I wanted to have this queer badass mom who could, you know, go fight off spirits and ghosts, and then could come home, you know, and and you know, have that sort of life and be able to show that. But but also showing the fact that her sexuality is the least most interesting thing about her.
0: Are there two moms in this? Is she married? Yes. Nice. Two moms. Nice. You yeah. know what? I would watch the shit out of that. And I think that's the purpose of you making it so people can watch the shit out of that.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's the... It was trying to, you know, I'm not... It, representation is really important like that's my production company name is literally representation matters um and that's kind of why because we need more uh i think representation in terms of queer families in terms of you know moms um in terms of showcasing you know she's a veteran so we kind of talk about that a little bit too and so just giving all these different uh elements to Allie and and sort of being able to have a really cool you know sci-fi world sort of built around and then having these characters come in so that people can see themselves represented, whether they're a mom or a queer mom or just a queer woman.
0: Absolutely. And that's like sort of like the representation there, sort of like a minority inside of a minority because you don't get to see a lot of mom characters that are anything other than the mom. Like that's all. That's all they do is like they're just the woman in the background. That's like, how was your day, honey? And then that's kind of it for some some movies. I guess it, it's, I've, I suppose it's progressed a little bit further then, it has since the 50s but not not by a lot
1: <laughs> yeah well and that's why I think like when it, it's funny because what Winona Earp so this whole thing kind of came about because of um a quote of Emily Andrus um at a convention and you know being a part of that show and then to have kind of season one is what sort of stunned me and and her kind of quote of like pushing and getting this kind of content out there. And then season two, we find out that <laughs> they wrote Line on Earth to have a um to you know to be a mom and have a baby. And I think that was so kind of it was so cool to kind of see that happen in season two, going from me writing this, realizing that this hasn't really been done that often and kind of going like, oh man, this could totally backfire. Um, and then seeing just all the support they have for season two, I was like, okay, I think we're going
0: to be okay. So, so what really inspired this? You said it was when owner em- Emily Andrus, but was was that the start of it? Did you watch that first and says, you know what, I'm going to make my own series, or was this kind of in the works for a while before? And you just just right then it was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like you felt that yeah. that initial kick you get. Yeah.
1: Um, so I have been sort of, I went to film school and so like writing has been something I've always wanted to do, but at the time when I went to sc- film school, like over 10 years ago, it wasn't really the time I, I had a lot of ideas written down, pitched a lot of people and did a lot of meetings and basically was just told like, Hey, bring it back in a couple of years. Like there's no way a lesbian lead is going to, is going to, you know, do this. It's going to be too controversial. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so I put it down, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> put it down, did the whole nine to five thing. Um, which I which I absolutely love doing, um, and then going to this uh, Clexicon 2017 is the first year, and so Emily Andrews was speaking on a panel about wine on earth, and um, I'm totally gonna I should probably know this quote by heart because I have it hanging up now. It's um, uh, don't let anybody tell you there's not an audience for the stories we want to tell because here we are, because here we all here we all are essentially. She was answering a question and the room just applauded, and it, and it, that's kind of what really sh- you know, struck me because previously hearing like no, it's not going to happen, and then going to Klexicon, seeing this huge room full of people who were supporting Winona Herb, and meeting all these different people, and basically I'd had a bunch of ideas written down, whether it was sci-fi or whatnot, but I essentially came up with the idea for Passage on the flight home, and I and I wrote this entire sort of like five season arc oh and built the world and built everything on this four hour flight home um and it was just timing because I wrote this and I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this but like I really want to tell the story and it just happened that a couple weeks or a couple months later the pitched production for Tello um was up and I was like you know what I'm just gonna submit it let's just go and so that's the so I won that pitch to production contest which basically then started this whole um whole line of events which has been amazing meeting all these people and you know, getting to where we are today.
0: Oh, my goodness. Congratulations again, because I think I said it like once before. It doesn't matter. I'm saying it again. It's still fantastic. So I I do have a question. Would you mind talking about your process? Like how you put, like you said, you like sat on a four-hour flight and you just, it all just poured from you. Have this been incubating in your mind before then? Or was this literally just, it gripped you? Like it just grabbed you and shook you and said, write me down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so on the, on the flight home, it was sort of taking, I really loved like Lost Girl and Orphan Black and these sort of, um, stories that kind of talk about the, there's like mythology behind it. There's like building a whole world within a world, so to speak. And so I kind of had the idea of like, I really want to do this queer mom story. Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And then building that into taking Roman mythology and making it modern Roman
0: mythology that's very interesting
1: yeah so that's kind of and that was actually a random conversation I was having totally separate from this with friends um and they randomly brought up Janus and sort of like the the Roman mythology of it and so it literally was this really weird trifecta of timing that I was on the flight home this conversation was happening about Roman mythology totally offline and looking up you know, Janus, this Roman god, and like, huh, hold on, and it was the weirdest thing, but it literally just it was so cool to kind of have it all come together on this flight, and just literally write out this whole season arc about how I wanted this to happen, and then you know, like I wrote it down went through so many different changes and so many different things to kind of create what season one has now become Um, but it's been so cool to kind of build this world out of nothing, and, and sort of hint at all these different, you know, uh, not giving anything away, but there, there are a lot of Roman mythology kind of placed within, and it sort of fits around this, this secret organization. And so if you if you listen and, and sort of like try to start peeling back the layers, you'll kind of see a, a cookie crumb, if you will, of what I've sort of left to try to build out um, how this all plays in and how Allie is sort of um, in this world and how she handles it.
0: Rats! I was gonna be like refresh my memory on Roman mythology, but if that's like part of like, if that's like <laughs> sewn into there, as like a special goodie. Perhaps you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, no. I'll just watch the show and maybe actually brush up on Roman mythology because my idea of Roman mythology is they stole it from the Greeks, which I'm I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure that's not the bulk of it. See, <laughs> the, it's the opposite way. opposite What? The Greeks stole it from the Romans? No
1: way. It's all. Honestly, it honestly depends. It was that's probably the coolest part of this too, was being able to study. Like, I don't I'm not a student person. I like school is a film school that was very narrow focused, but being able to like really go into research, like researching Roman mythology and how these deities, like how they interacted in terms of like whether, whether they were connected with the Greek counterpart or they were on their own or how they interacted. Like, it's very interesting to sort of go back in time and sort of read that. And so, that's kind of what intrigued me is okay what if we had that in the modern world like how would that sort of play out like if you take the fact that Janus is essentially the god of he literally was the god of passage was the god of keys and doorways and sort of you know sending them on and so that's kind of how how this all sort of came to be is well what if literally there is a Janus agent who has the capability um to to interact with paranormal spirits
0: Ooh interesting so how do you feel about the paranormal do you believe
1: I still I'm no but yes but no it's okay I
0: won't (laughs) judge you I promise (laughs) Uh,
1: no I don't I don't necessarily know if I believe but I don't necessarily know if I don't Um, I personally have not had any sort of experience in that realm it was sort of it was (sighs) It was trying, you know, playing on a lot of the human emotions, so to speak. And I think that's kind of where sometimes paranormal can get to that. You know, what, what's keeping them here? You know, what, what's the drive of, you know, if there is sort of the afterlife, why why aren't they going? What's keeping them here? And so to be able to sort of play on that and to give Allie this um, power, but also the empathy to connect with, with these spirits and sort of figure out what's keeping them here and what it is. And some of it's mixed in with like, you know, the simplicity of that they're holding on to a loved one or they need to figure out, you know, she needs to solve a case or something like that because, you know, maybe it was sort of a wrongful death or something. It was trying, so it was sort of balancing not just the mythology of it, but then also like you said, like the paranormal side of stuff and ghosts. And so we do have some scary moments. Um, but it was definitely more on sort of the human element, if you will, of Paranormal.
0: That's very interesting. This is, sounds very, very complex. How many episodes are in season one? Uh, so
1: season one is only
0: five episodes. What? Um, how did you put all this in there? <laughs> like are they an hour long? I'm joking. Wow. Um, so no, so and that's
1: sort of the the struggle of being some of you know being a first time filmmaker. And only having a certain amount of budget, we didn't get to go into everything that I wanted to. Like I said, I had this sort of five-scene art, but that's why I'm writing season two. And, you know, to give it, um, you know, to make it sort of longer and having more episodes and sort of building this world out more. The first season is going to kind of show you the the world that Allie lives in and what she's capable of, and all these, you know, twists and turns and stuff like that. And then season two will just, you know, make it even bigger.
0: I mean, you don't want the show to be a hit and then you'd have no material after that. I mean, how many times has that happened? Where it was like, okay, we did this thing, it's done. And then they we were like, people, we love it. We love it. And then they want more. And you're like, shit. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I've been lucky enough to where I think I, uh, there is writing it down when I did with the sort of five season arc gave me enough of a um, foundation so now, like, talking to people, and, like, even talking on set, like, talking to Shannon Lee Reeve, who plays our lead actress, um, Ali and then, like, Mandala Rose, who plays Dan Atwell, another agent within the organization, talking to them, and sort of, like, seeing their, kind of, like, minds blow, um, get blown, so to speak, as, as we kind of talked about what I hadn't, you know, what I have in mind, so to speak, but then also brainstorming with them, and, and sort of seeing them, like, really get into it, and, like, pitch ideas, and want to do a bunch of stuff, that was kind of cool, because it it's always nice to have people like really invested in it. And I think that's, that's great about like the people who we interact with online too, is everyone's invested in who they've sort of seen already. Cause we, we did premiere the first two episodes and, and so seeing them already sort of invested and going like, just wait, <laughs> like we have three more episodes in just this first season. But as I'm, you know, I'm finishing up season two now, I'm just like, Oh, I cannot like, I just want to get it out now. Cause I'm just so excited to see everyone's sort of reaction and, and to sort of feed off that energy.
0: Aw, that's so sweet. I'm excited for Mandela Rose, though. Um, so I know she wears
1: glasses, which is kind of, everyone's like, what, what, she wears glasses? I think we recognize her. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a beautiful circumstance of the fact that she was, because um, her coming on, I'm going to totally kind of like sidetrack here, her coming on was actually sort of timing, because we actually had another actress lined up. And she had to pull out last minute because of other contractual obligations, and so Mandala was working on another project with our director, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to come play, um, play Diana? Like, I need you know, come to Richmond in a couple weeks." And I was just totally blown away because she got, I think, just everything that Diana, when I had written it, was supposed to be. Um, and getting her nerdy and getting her, you know, hair pulled up and playing this very uh, adorable agent um, was sort of cool to kind of see that. And then having Shannon Lee Reeve and Nicole Payson um, play Allen and Kate was because of um, a stage reading that again was totally last minute because we had other actors lined up to do the stage reading, and they got pulled in Nicole like a day before and Shannon literally like five seconds before they actually did the reading. And they were doing the reading we were like, yeah, that's that's Ali and Kate. And so it was sort of like the perfect stars aligning kind of moments
0: for, for the whole project. That's amazing. So I, I have another question about your the process. So going for your story that's on paper and then bringing it to life, like going from the script to seeing it be directed out to actually shooting it, do you have anything to comment on that process, like how it changed and how it flowed and how you had to adapt for it to be put into life. Uh, this is a hard question. I knew when I, <laughs> I knew when I was putting it out there that it was a really hard question, and I guess I'm trying yeah. to get. I'm trying to find out how you felt about that because I know it's one thing to put it on paper, but how did it? How did it differ from actually seeing it, like the actors actually doing it in front of you?
1: Yeah. I think being most of the time, writers are not normally on set. And so because I was was on set, yeah, I I think sometimes they'll come on board, but they're not necessarily there the entire time. Um, And so I was lucky enough to be there the entire time. But it's I I sort of do this in my nine to five job where it's sort of, you know, putting yourself in sort of a box and going like, okay, I am not the writer, I am the producer right now. And so making sure that we're schedule that everyone has what they need that we have all the actors there etc so i went more into the producer mode of making sure production was on time that everyone was there that um everything was you know everyone had lunch and stuff like that and so i wasn't i was i think i was able to focus on that while still also sometimes cheesing while i was watching you know um the different things happen um but it was also kind of good too because as the creator writer Um, Kristen who also directed it was able you know she and I you know talk so and then just letting her do her thing and watching Jacqueline Chesson who was our director of photography do her thing um, being able to support if there was a mythology question um, because of course this is a world so there's a lot of different um, elements to it um, and so being able there to be a consultant if they needed it in terms of that but mainly just letting them you know do their thing and just kind of watching the magic happen
0: That's amazing like that must have been like remarkable to see it brought to life and like did you start seeing it come together while you were watching or was this more like a post production thing like you finally saw them after they were doing like editing and stuff and you were like wow this is really a thing.
1: I think it was post production because on set we didn't shoot. Um, Chronological to the series we, you know, I don't we understand how au- actors do that <laughs> I'm so sorry
0: give all props to them. Yeah, like how do actors like, do and- that be like this is you in the future and then you have to react to this thing that has not happened yet
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah so in post-production getting to kind of see all the episodes put together was I think that was kind of that like wow moment because I was like here and I'm on the east coast and so everyone is back west coast and so sending them so I could watch it at home was sort of like once I once we got the first five episodes it was just kind of like oh crap this is happening okay awesome so it was pretty surreal moment to kind of see it and see it all come together
0: that sounds fantastic I'm so excited for you I'm so glad this got to happen for you um if you would like I would like to talk a little bit about your background and how you got to this point Like, here you are, like, uh, the writer and creator of a series. You know, you have a loving family. Like, was, were you, did you always want to do film? You said you went to school for it, but has this always been a burning passion for you?
1: Uh, Storytelling has always been a burning passion of mine. Um, No matter sort of what medium that is. And, yeah, so when I, you know, in high school, I always wanted to to do something within film and television and going to school for it um and sort of getting that uh getting the here knows during college um it took me down a peg i have to admit because you you have the aspirations i think everyone does as a as a storyteller or writer to, to to you know just to i'm gonna go out i'm gonna sell the script I'm gonna be, it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be amazing seeing the story uh, you know on the big screen um but then sort of finding a way how else to tell the story and so coming into so now um I manage a, a national nonprofit's uh, digital strategy and, and social media strategy. That's a mouthful. And so it's a different way of telling the story. You know, I'm telling the nonprofit story online, um, and so it's always been. So that's kind of where the path is drawn. That that's now I'm more so thinking about digital content and how to tell our organization's story to the to members, to, to you know, to supporters. To um, so people who might not even know about the organization, and so storytelling is in my blood, and I think that um, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen until now because I think had it happened when it did, I don't. I think it would have been taken over by people who are not queer women. Um,
0: Sad.
1: <laughs> and so it kind of worked out like this. Like passage is literally has. Um, 95% female crew. Um, all the you know, we have all lead actor actresses. Um, but writer creator is female, director is female, producers are female, or DP was female, or editors female, or sound person is female like, literally everyone except for one actor and one um, one guy on set. Everyone else was female, and half, half of those were queer women. So it was kind of cool to, to see all that kind of play out now. Where I think if I had written something like this back when I graduated from college, I don't think I think it would have changed or would have gotten made or would have gotten made by a man who would have over-sexualized everything or something like and that
0: and they would have ended um, up breaking up and they would have ended up yeah. having sex with a man randomly and it's just <laughs> exactly or die yeah.
1: unfortunate so, yeah. yes, yes and so that's kind of it's it, it's it was not the easiest road and I'm actually kind of glad it wasn't the easiest road because I think um, I'm able to definitely cherish it a lot more now, um, because I'm also in a position where I can fight, where I can um, put money where my mouth is, so to speak, and you know, be able to support, you know, other queer shows like mine where we have to crowdfund because no one else is really giving us money to do it, and sort of and sort of doing that now versus when I was a little bit younger and not thinking about that. You know, I think that's something that a lot of online audiences do is they don't think about the the sort of financial backing if you will of some of the bigger shows that always get made um and so a lot of these smaller um indie filmmakers who go out there and have to crowdfund to make sure their content gets up um it's it's tough work like crowdfunding for passage was an 18 hour 19 hour gig on top of the you know eight hours i was already working so so, I can only, you know, in this, and, but it was the only way to get this kind of content out there because right now no one else is really paying attention. And so, having the support of everybody online, whether it was actually donating or just like retweeting, just to get it out there in front of people, um, I, I think nowadays everyone's so used to that instant gratification of, hey, it's on YouTube, I'll go watch an entire series and that's great. Um, but we can't really make, continue making content like that because they're not the financial. Backing isn't there because of, you know, how YouTube now has changed their guidelines. So yeah. we have to, you know, find places that can distribute, you know, thankfully there's, you know, more and more places that only, you know, that aren't Netflix, that are, you know, distributing stuff online. And so finding those outlets that we can post stuff, but also the audiences who are willing to to support it
0: understand where people get the money for stuff like i'll watch game shows where they have like ten thousand dollar prizes and like all these like very elaborate sets and i'm just like who, who has this money like where do they get their money you can't tell me that the oh. couple of commercials that should air during that pays for the entire show like i don't
1: it's that part is it is what it's it yeah on, just because based on like the per million people yeah like it's in, it's insane the amount of money that companies spend on marketing um for the game shows or like football or what have you it's it's a lot of money but they'll put it into stuff like that because right now that's where the audiences are they're tuning on the tv but that's also because they're split because we are now having to to do a lot of content what you know whether it's queer or whether it's just something that hasn't been done before on these digital streaming sites um and so the m- people who have the money are paying all the money to go on the you know the your normal um what am i trying to think of the word um your normal like you know basic cable um shows versus some of the streaming stuff where they don't necessarily have to bank on um the commercials they bank more on the people who is viewing it
0: goodness gracious i'm like My head's spinning. I don't understand how (laughs) the film industry works, like the way it changes and way that, you know, you can't really use ratings anymore. So, like, I don't understand how anything continues to run ever. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's the voices online. They people listen. I mean, the, the fandom is a big deal. Um, as we've seen with a lot of shows lately, getting saved,
0: thankfully. Yeah, I was um, so shocked. Like when they were talking about one day at a time got canceled and not I got like what was in that like budget limbo. I was like, well, yeah. there they go. And I was like, so <laughs> like I was I was upset and I did my like eight stages of mourning, one of them being eating a lot of ice cream. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm I'm on my way. And then months later, it was like, oh, by the way, they're back. They were saved, and I was like, what? This happens. <laughs> And they both cut saved at kind of the same time. but I'm wondering, like, what act of God did this? <laughs> yeah, it's act of fandom.
1: It's all online. Because that's, like, they, people watch and listen. They watch social. And so they see when people are retweeting and using the hashtags. They, the, the network gods or the people with the money, they're paying attention. And I think it's awesome, though, because it shows. It shows that there's an audience out there that wants that kind of content. Um and it's just trying to get that sort of fandom behind like online content if you will like the you know series and the web series and stuff like that
0: right right and it's that's just remarkable it just goes to show that people really 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 want that representation like that representation matters to them and they're willing to push so far for it i mean you can't just listen to all the people who are like well i'm not gonna like watch that because i x amount of bigoted reasons but like I mean, my reaction to that is, well, go, because they don't need your money. (laughs) Yep. Like I saw saw an article where it was like, there was a bunch of moms that was boycotting Toy Toy Story 4 because apparently there were two gay moms in it. Like I haven't watched it yet, but apparently there was. And I was like, well, Toy Story 4 made like $4 billion being the fourth freaking movie in a series. And I'm just like, they don't need your money. Like it's it doesn't yeah. matter they don't they don't need you they are Disney so to hear these people are like our boy like you can't stop Disney at this point like they're they're a powerhouse if they say they're going to do something they're going to do it and they're not going to miss anybody's money It's really scary yep. actually when you think about it yeah. <laughs> they yeah I'm glad they're on the right side of the tracks so far um, that I know of but like gosh it's cray. It's It's very crazy. Yep. So a question I like to ask my guests are, when is the first time you were aware of queer as a thing? Not just like queer, but just like anything that's not straight, basically.
1: I'm trying to think now. probably in high school. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at some point I was probably Googling something while I was trying to sort of figure out what was going on with me um I mean, i'm pretty sure like but i'm a cheerleader had just come out at that point or something like that's that that's a great movie um yeah and it was sort of that kind of like aha moment kind of thing um but i grew up in a very conservative household and so it was kind of hard to 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 research and try to like, figure it out um and so it was sort of a weird self-recognition if that makes sense because i didn't have really anyone who i could talk to about it Um, there wasn't like a lot of stuff, you know, at the time who I felt like I was looking at myself and going like, oh yeah, okay. Um, and I think "But I'm a cheerleader was probably the first one that I was like, oh, okay. Like I literally had that moment of like, you know, it was like myself having that sort of family confrontation of like, you like this kind of, and you have... These wallpapers in your room. You know, like <laughs> so what? So what were
0: hanging in your wall at the, at the
1: time? Um, I was probably crushing over Angelina Jolie. Um, That's fair. But like, but like you know, like the um, Gia and stuff like that. Um, Gia. Yeah, Gia. You remember know, Gia with like Elizabeth Mitchell? Um, it was a real life story about the model who had AIDS
0: oh that was Angelina Jolie right right I was like I thought that movie was called Gaia this just shows to you that I never actually watched that movie I've heard things about it but I know she dies at the end and I know it's part of that's part of her life people die Erica that's fine but I I still just didn't watch it I guess I just didn't I just don't care about models and maybe that's on me I don't know
1: well, I just think about Angelina Jolie. That's, so it was
0: like we were just that's true. I mean, my mother has openly admitted that Angelina Jolie, when she was in Hackers, was was oh, the epitome yeah. of when she was like, you know what, kissing girls could be fine. <laughs> like it was literally like she started thinking about kissing girls when she saw that movie, and I was like, oh, there you, yeah. there you go, <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
1: because I don't even remember that. Yeah. So it was kind of stuff like that. I mean, I had always like looking back on it when I started to kind of realize that about myself, looking back on it, like I'm going like, oh, yeah, like I totally like if we, you, you know, my imagination having a C like would always run it. But I would always be like if we were all playing with friends or something like I would always want to be the person who ended up with the girl. And I never like dawned on me that, that was <laughs> there was like a reason for it. Um you know because I had boyfriends like it wasn't you know like a thing and then finally in high school coming out um junior year ish
0: I'm um, surprised you remember because I'm just like I don't know (laughs) well it was it was
1: also you know around the time where I I did leave my parents house and so it was kind of um having those kind of moments I think are always gonna be with me just because of everything I went through, but then also having that now looking back on it and remember like, man, like that was a tough time, but also going now and going, like, it it gets better. Like it's, it's so true when people say that. And I think a lot of times I think younger, um, even me as a younger person probably blew it off just thinking, this is like, why do I exist? And then, and then now I can look back on that and be like, it was all worth it. Um, but I mean, it's never, it's never easy to go through that, you know, it's it's tough. And so I have sort of now as I'm older, you know, being able to, you know, I do, um, some mentorship to kids who are sort of struggling through coming out, whether they have conservative parents or whether it's just a, um, an easy situation, if you will. And so it's been, it's, I can now say that, like, I think when I was going through that, it's like, I I remember having somebody who, after I'd been out for a little bit, after i my parents for a little bit. I remember someone telling me that, but I have a feeling they were telling me it got better because they were trying to get me going to, like, to "quote unquote" convert back to being straight. Uh, um, uh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. But now going like, no, it gets better because I stuck to who I was and I fought for my ability to make my own choices, if you will. Um, but that's always hard when you're in the moment. Whereas now I can look back on it absolutely. and go like, well, that maybe might not have been the best decision at the time. However, you made it through it, like, and going through that has made me who I am today. So absolutely.
0: Like, no, especially when you're a teenager, you don't like, if we don't have a cut. Con- I say we as if I'm a teenager still, excuse me. As a teenager, you don't have a concept of time, really. Like, any of those teenagers that could fill out those forms are like, where do you see yourself in ten years? Are freaking liars, all right? They're liars. They don't know what they're doing. Like, uh, to see life exist outside of high school is so beyond the realm of what we think. Like, we literally watch TV and we're like, yeah, life is like that. Culture yeah, shock. It's It's not. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs>
1: I don't know. We'll, I, was, I was talking to somebody about this, too. I was like, because I think when I was in high school, I totally want to be a helicopter pilot. And I feel like that should have been like, hey, maybe key point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are
0: helicopter pilots like, gay? Wow. Have I missed this? Yeah.
1: No, I think it was just like the whole like captain, like pilots in general, like Captain Marvel and, and then like something nice. like that. Um, but then also going like now what to, it's like what like I wish in high school they would have taught us like how to do our taxes like but that should be they still should don't be teach that of, I don't know why don't know. <laughs> exactly but that should be teach now instead of asking people what they're gonna do in ten years
0: what I are they gonna do in ten years learn how to do my freaking <laughs> taxes because no one's teaching me
1: <laughs> I'm gonna write that down <laughs> whenever come back I'm just gonna know oh my that. gosh
0: <laughs> so you spoke briefly of this mentorship. Do you want to talk more about that? Because I find that really interesting. Were you like deliberately looking for an opportunity to help someone that was younger when you went to this, when you were doing this mentorship or is this something you fell into?
1: This is totally something I fell into. I can kind of talk about that maybe. Um, yeah. It's, again, it's it's been a very weird <laughs> weird. It's been very, I mean, we, I say weird, but in like the best possible way because I have been fortunate enough and, and lucky enough if, if, you know, to be in the right place at the right time, I guess. Um, I mean, Tello Pitch Production was the same thing. I had uh, unfortunately never heard of Tello before I started, um, before I got into Coxicon, And sort of Pitch Production has brought me here, has led me to meet amazing people and find my now you know, most you know, creative tribe, if you will. Um, and having all these amazing friendships and meeting all these amazing women, um, which is something that where we are on the East Coast isn't necessarily um, feasible. Just I have amazing women friends here. We have a lot of friends, but it is a, a very small sort of niche, even like queer community. You know, and so having all these different people in life has literally been because of all these stars aligning kind of moments. Um, and the same thing goes for this mentorship. It literally happened. I started doing it when I was in college and it was, again, just happened to be right place at the right time in a grocery store. Um, and buying uh, a kid who was probably no more than 15 who just got kicked out and buying, buying his groceries. Um, and it sort of evolved in not necessarily making it a big deal, but just kind of like if it happened to time-wise sort of like allow me to start up a conversation and grow this sort of mentorship kind of thing so it's I'm I'm very thankful that these moments have happened throughout my life because I think that they've made me grow as a queer woman as a mom as a person um as a human you know just being able to to help that's gonna sound really weird hold on (laughs) well I I get it I get it though yeah yeah it's trying to it's so it's so I'll just go with that I very fortunate the stars have aligned so that I can do something that I wish I'd had somebody when I was that age.
0: Exactly. I feel you. I feel you. Like with the world of how we have it today, like you can go on to YouTube, you can listen to a podcast. You can find someone out there who is like you or at least has some of the same experiences and to have, you know, just like an idea. Like back when both of us came out, like you you had a a movie. Like you had I'm but I'm a cheerleader. And I fumbled around a lot until like college happened and I said fine fine I'm gay fine (laughs) Um, so I mean it's the internet has been a wonderful place and it's just like like I I get it I really get it because just like how I'm doing this podcast and you're doing your series we're trying to put it out there you know that there is more to life that there is something that you can connect to that you were not a freak and you're not alone and that you know people like you do exist mm-hmm. exactly yeah yeah I, I get it I get it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yeah it's it's um. I was going to follow up with that and now I've lost my time
0: no it's okay it's it's very it's very <laughs> emotional very passionate like you just sit here and you think damn I wish we had that when I was a kid but at the same time I'm so happy that Kids these days, they have more to go on. They have more. You know, at some point I'm actually, like, feel sorry for them because they have so much to go on and there's so (laughs) much out there. And figuring your shit out is like, man, I'm like almost 30 and I still can't figure my shit out. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'm still learning something about myself every day or trying to change something and you know there's going to be people in your life who is like you know you're not the same person you used to be and some people might be upset about that but that's that's cool that's that's who you are that's your journey you keep growing and I don't know how this relates to what we were talking about with you <laughs> but I'm on that no, train now is. but yeah. yeah
1: like yeah the journey is sort of I mean it, I hope it's always funny because people always I should say make fun, but the joke, joke, um, joke about it with me because I always talk about that. I hope I don't stop learning, and I'm not like I was not a student, like I, I was not a good student. I like I was not good at school. I just hate quizzes and stuff like that. And but it's so funny because then we'll sit here and I'll go like I hope I am able to learn something new every day, just for the sake of having being able to do that has then led me to do this sort of random things that kind of led me like meeting my wife and having her, you know, uh, she had her son and being where I am now in my professional career, my personal life in everything sort of seeing all those little moments that kind of steered like, Oh, well, what if this did not happen? What if that had happened? Um, cause I'm going like, cause when I got out of, when I graduated high school, I had a whole plan military. I was military brat. So I figured I was going to do the military. I ended up having to have the knee surgery. So I wasn't able to do it. Um, and I wasn't able to go that path. So I ended up going to school and the school took me on to another path where I got to travel. I got to meet a bunch of people um, and ended up back here. Cause I was like, I want like a break. And because I was back here, happened to be in the area, happened to be online, I ended up being online a little bit longer talking to people and then meeting my what now wife had, I not had knee surgery, <laughs> I would have taught a totally different path. And so it's like those very random things, again, that like how they steer and impact your life, whether positive or negative in the moment. Um, it's always funny because then you kind of go down the whole destiny and fate thing, and which is interesting that I'm saying that because it kind of ties to passage a little there bit. There we go. <laughs> um, see, this passage is literally just me like writing all these random plots into a cohesive story about Allie um and yeah and so it's so it's kind of I think I mean I'm, I'm a little bit older I just turned 35 this year and so everyone's like oh you got your life together like they call me the uh, the adult at work
0: the um, adult oh my god that's <laughs> scary talking, <laughs> yeah I'm
1: like well um and so it's always funny when uh, talking to um younger people who are you know they're like dating you know they're dating people or, or trying to figure out sure sort of, what they want to do next and It's always interesting to sort of um, to look back at where you were at that moment in time and go, like, what was I thinking? Like, what was, like, legit going through my mind? (laughs) But I thought that was a good idea. I thought this was a good idea. Um, But then also learning from it and then being able to grow um, and do who I am now. So,
0: I'm still chuckling on the inside how they're, like, they call you the adult. (laughs) I
1: know. Like... have like the like it legit is like that like you know like the 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 spouse the kid the dog. Like is that all it takes to be an
0: adult these days?
1: I like hold on, that's why I have a cup that says like I'm adulting today. Um, oh my god, pulling it off.
0: <laughs> I mean, if that's all it takes to be an adult, I'm I'm there. I'm there, you guys. Minus the kid, crap. No, I'm not. I guess I'm not an adult.
1: The uh, kid doesn't make an adult. A kid just you know. It all depends on if you want a kid or not, so.
0: I guess. And so now here's the question for you, I guess, if we want to get back into your family life, which is, did you, did you always want a kid?
1: I did, yeah, but actually my wife did not. Um, and so it was funny that it happened, because I can't physically have kids because of medical stuff. Um, and so we actually went back and forth about the kid thing for a while. And I kind of knew in the back of my mind I wanted them. However, it wasn't like a deal breaker. Um, for me and the conversation just kind of happened and then I don't remember we'd already been engaged at that point and I remember her talking about you know what like I think I think I do want it and then or do want to like do I, I want to start a family kind of thing um, and then going through all that 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 research of adoption or insemination or how we're going to play all that out and sort of it was a really interesting. Like you never think that you're going to be online, like checking how to, you know, like a Tinder for you know insemination kind of thing, picking out donor. Um, so... <laughs> surprise. <laughs> so kind of... <laughs> um, but she's and she's an amazing mom, and so it's it's always interesting where how it sort of played out to when we first were kind of going back and forth about whether or not we wanted to have children, to now, um how much joy he brings into our lives and knowing um like being called you know mama in my mind is probably one of the biggest gifts i'll ever have um and it's kind of cool to 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 be able to do what i love to do like this um like you know talking about representation and creating you know but being very fortunate to be able to create a web series and do what I do type of thing and still being able to come home and hear him call me that is is pretty awesome so that's still the highlight of my day when he calls me that
0: oh that's so cute uh I actually I remember you being on the mommy panel at Clexicon. Duh, I know that. That's why I wanted to interview you <laughs> in the first place. Goodness gracious. But yeah, I, I remember you being at the on the mommy panel at Clexicon, and I remember watching that as being a woman who does not have children, and it's not, not in the cards for us. Uh, it was still really interesting to hear about what you guys went through, and I, this is also another great reason why representation is needed, because I had no idea all of the issues that you guys go through day by day. Like, I don't, I didn't understand the mommy issues, and then to hear about the issues of having two mommies, and it was, it was very interesting and very eye-opening at the same time.
1: Yeah, it was really, I mean, I was, uh, when, when I was, when we were all kind of messaged, like, hey, do you guys want to do this panel? I was like, oh my god, yes, because it was actually another interview that, um, uh, that I was in sort of a rant with one of the other panelists, Tracy, and sort of going off on that, and, um
0: Oh yes, I, I had remember had Tracy's had Rams. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was actually surprisingly hard another interview. And so it was funny when this actually came to be. I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. And I'm in a different my you know, Padawan is only uh, three years old, and so the representation is a little bit different because we're we mainly are doing books, and we're trying to you know, he's pure boy, and so we watch Blaze, Monster Machines, or then like Paw Patrol or something like that. So. Um, it's a little bit eye-opening because I've been so focused on passage and getting representation out there from a mom's point of view that that panel was actually a little eye-opening for me than thinking of him and what he sees. Um, and so it was kind of cool to be on that because I, I think everyone has a very, very unique experience and sort of talking about it and listening to the rest of the moms kind of talk about what was on TV, what they have their children watch and sort of like the conversations in the community and stuff like that. Um, it was pretty cool because I think it's we all kind of have very similar story stories, but also they're totally different um, in all the in all the different ways that go through the process of, of starting a family. So it was it was I an experience even for me on being on the panel.
0: That was so much fun to be at. I I totally want to applaud whoever brought candy to the panel because i remember everyone was like everyone bring treats and then someone brought like yep. oh that was tracy she brought rainbow bacon that was the best i was Ooh. like this is awesome
1: Four um. <laughs> moms were like we need to bring them snacks and i think most of actually like most of us had snacks for people in our bags anyways and so it just kind of seemed like a natural
0: fit that oh my goodness. that we all brought oh my goodness or contributed i i hope we get to go and meet each other again next year for Lexicon because I'm just so excited about it. Like, I know I've heard criticism around about it, but I don't know. It's just such an amazing place, even if it didn't go perfectly or it didn't go as have people wanted it. It's still a place where it's just like a catalyst. You go in there like with almost nothing on your mind and then you just see something like you saw Emily Andrews talk about, you know, representation. And then I got to meet all these different people and it just like, it just boom, it just makes this pot of ideas and stuff and collaboration and that this, this is not coming together as well as I want it to, but it's just, it's such an inspiration to go around and be around your own people or people who are like-minded as you. And to see that there okay. is an audience and just, just get these different points of view because LGBT is such a huge spectrum and people have, Collexicon is amazing. It's just amazing. I don't know where I was going with this. People are going to start thinking that they're like paying me to do this or something, or like they're bribing me to continually talk well about it. But I just, I just had such a great experience. I had to sleep for four days afterwards, <laughs> but it was a great experience. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's also great that there's more conventions like that popping up, like with QFX events. Um, I'm excited for The one them. that just got announced in Tampa. Yeah. So I think it's, I'm hoping that more people kind of start this and also showing that, um, you can meet these people online, right? Like, there's so many people out there who want to be able to support people and meet people and talk to people. And it's just kind of like trying to trying to find them. And so I think, um, like you said, like there there's been issues, but I think that at the heart of the matter, trying to trying to get our community um, behind stuff.
0: Let us move on to the next section. Uh, so the next question I have is called the guest to guest question, where basically my guest from the last podcast asked my guest from this one a question. Their question to you was, is there a hobby that you would like to get into that you haven't yet for whatever reason?
1: That is Wow, well, that is a good question. Yes,
0: it is a good question.
1: I am, wow. Because so, well, like, writing was a pretty big hobby for me before, but it was, you know, it's, I'm, like, actually like, thinking, what would a hobby be? But I'm, like, I got, like, I'm...
0: Like, I'm, I just I don't have time for hobbies. Well, I mean, let's, like, um, like, think of it in a perfect world, as if somehow you can, like, know. make time between the job, the writing, and the kiddo. Like, what would be the hobby that you would want to try out? Like, let's forget the fact that it might be impossible at this point, because how far can you stretch yourself? Who knows?
1: <laughs> oh, okay. No, I can do this. Okay. I think if I had time, I, I'm pretty sure I would want to be, like, some sort of... I want to say like carpenter or some sort of like taking up carpentry or something where um, cause you see a lot of those cool, like the tables that are made from like the tree stumps and they have like cool, like acrylics in them and um, stuff like that. I think being able to, to have that kind of craft where you can make stuff with your hands like that cause I'm not a very good artist. I can't, I can't even like stick, my stick figure suck. <laughs> so I I think Aside from like, I mean, I aside from like drawing or something. Well, drawing would be cool too. So I think it's it's being able to do some sort of art with my hands, whether it was drawing or painting or, um, like I said, like doing something like with carpentry or something like that. That would probably be a hobby because I think that also would would like help with stress. Like I always, it's always so fun to like watch those YouTube videos and you're watching them be like a really cool. What a vase or something, or how they like someone's like animating with the, you know they're doing like the old school Disney animation with their hands. So
0: I think maybe one of those. So witchcraft, you say? Yes, I completely understand. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't fathom how that's done. Like the carpentry stuff. Like I'm just like, how do you make something out of this? It's just. Like it, like it yeah. makes sense. Like you know that they do it, but you're just like, I don't understand how. Like, what are people made of that make them do? It? Like, you you ever walk into a museum and you see these statues and you're just like, how?
1: Yeah, exactly. But then I also go think people are probably thinking the same way for like those of us who write or do who can sing or what have you like it, it's always fun to sort of think like what if but then it's also like oh that's probably kind of cool because then I also write and people are going like how could you even come up with a world that's the center around mythology so I think it's kind of it's kind of fun to sort of think about that kind of stuff
0: right right so what will be your question for our next guest
1: Fire me wants to ask like it's uh if you could be any like a member of any like tv family which would it be <gasps> that's um, a
0: great question
1: like that's yeah i feel like that yeah that would have to be my question
0: okay and now i'm going to ask you to answer your own question yep oh i'm gonna answer all oh, that
1: <laughs> um i was like wait you're gonna turn it on me um i mean it if i had to it, it's tough because i'm thinking like it, if it was like a like I immediately go to Lost Girl for found family.
0: Oh, that's um, right. There's a different category of families too.
1: Yeah. I'm like I immediately went to Lost Girl for found family. But if it's if we're thinking like uh strict like by the by the rules, so to speak, family. Um I keep going to one day at a time, um with the grandmother and the mom and the daughter and um
0: That's a good one too though.
1: Yeah. And I haven't like I'm I'm very thankful that my my mom's is still alive, but my dad's mom is not. And so it's it's kind of like being able to cherish very similar moments like that. So I'm pretty sure I probably end up wanting to be sort of in that family. But the found family is what struck me first. I'm like, yeah, because found family like my tribe is sort of where um, where I love I love to be with my found family. So I think that I would probably go with those girls
0: nice Nice, nice. I agree. That's a really that's a really good question. I'm gonna have to write that down so I can word that exactly how I need to without sounding like an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a it's been a great episode though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so where can people find you? You know, because I know we've been talking for a while, and you have kids, and you're still writing season two up, and you're a very busy lady. I'm so glad that you took time to talk to us today. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter uh, It's at Reyesquina So it's at R-Y-E-S-Q-U-I-N-A And uh, you can follow Passage On Twitter and Instagram uh, Twitter is Passage underscore series And on Instagram It's Passage the series
0: Do you want to share with people where they can watch Passage of season one when it comes out?
1: Yeah, so, uh, uh, so Passage season one will be out on Tello um, So once we get it completely finished and uh premiered some of our backers um so we are probably thinking late september um i know it's pretty close we're in like the final stages of post-production so we're sort of like we're inching and inching closer um so it'll be it'll be great once we've like shared with everyone and.
0: But that's that's amazing. I'm so excited for that. And you heard it here, folks. You need to go over there and you need to watch it because it's like free the first three days or something like that. For all you all you cheap gays out there, I know I'm included. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm guilty <laughs> of being cheap, <laughs> but we still gotta show up. We still gotta watch it and love it. Love the hell out of it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, start start. I think the free trial is for three days. So yeah, so you can start catching up once we once we've launched uh, our episodes and watch the full, you know, watch the first season and check out some other stuff. And um, yeah, I'm so excited to get it out there. And um, we're going to be releasing some new trailers soon. And some um, we specifically made trailers that weren't actually shot in the in the story, and so they're sort Ooh. of little stories within their own that give a little bit more. Um, uh, like almost like a a different kind of look at um, our characters and Kalis and sort of the world that they live in that's separate from the actual um, series so we're I'm really excited to start we we've released a couple already and we have a couple left
0: oh gosh I need to check those out I really love when they when people do that and like I love when things have commercials where not all the good parts were just shoved into the commercial like that's Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) usually a big happy for me. I do not like that trend, and it's always exciting when it's like, oh, great, there's something good here that wasn't in the preview.
1: (laughs) Yes, and that's what we wanted. We wanted to give people a look that, um, because we are, you know, it's a web series, so we're sort of, you know, we we do have shorter episodes, and so it was trying, we, you know, it was actually a brainstorm child of Shannon, our, our lead actress, and sort of like, oh, it'd be really cool to do kind of like what Jessica Jones did, where they had, Trailers that essentially were teasers that were about the show but weren't actually in the show, and so that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to give people a taste of what they were going to be um, sort of watching, but without actually giving away anything um, in the series itself. And so we've already released the first one, um, which is centered around Ali's, Ali's character, Chance's well, character, Allie, our lead, and sort of her abilities. And then we have a couple more that you know, one that focuses on Diana, one that sort of focuses on. We had a little fun. I got to go out to LA and shoot that with with a lot of great people. And um, then we'll also have our normal trailers, though. I'm going to be very specific about what we show and what we don't show because we can't give everything away.
0: Right, right. You can't sit here and be like, let me tell you play by play what happens right now. Uh, (laughs) No one would expect that, I promise you. (laughs) And if you did, I'm sorry, guys. No spoilers here. (laughs) So that's fantastic. I can't wait to get to see it I can't wait for everything that happens in the show I I'm so excited I'm so excited for everything that's happened with you I'm so glad you got the opportunity and I'm so excited to see what you can do with it in the future
1: yeah great yeah thanks so much yeah it's been a it's been a pleasure one talking to you but then also this whole experience has been awesome so and it's just brought me you know got me to meet all these new people including you so yay
0: and I'm just a random person that popped into your DMs. <laughs> it's
1: like a true story of a, of a slide into your into the DMs. Except for hey, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. I was trying to make a joke. It did it's not go okay. Off. I was trying to
0: make a joke, too, and we both failed at the same time. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nice thing about digital is, like, Deloitte. Uh, nope. Might keep that in for, for the kicks, though. I don't know. <laughs>